This is Knowing God with Heart and Mind, your regular visit to the virtual church classroom at Shiloh United Methodist Church in Jasper, Indiana. I'm Pastor Dan. I'm joined by my beautiful daughter, Bethany, and we are at episode 32. Episode 32 of our Mere Christianity book study, that classic work by Clive Staples Lewis, who liked to be called Jack. If you've come in late on that, if you've tuned in late, let us just inform you that that is because when he was five years old, he told everybody in his family he would prefer to be called Jack, and he wasn't kidding. And uh, so that's just your little, like, uh, uh, C.S. Lewis trivia there. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, we're visiting with Jack in now chapter nine of book four, Counting the Cost. We're on the we're on the home stretch here. We just have two more mm-hmm. uh, chapters, two more lessons to record. And uh, but Bethany, this one is counting the cost, mm-hmm. and the scripture says, "Be ye perfect." So mm-hmm. the question is, what does not, uh, and what does this mean? Well, Jack says he thinks it means that Christ is saying the only help that you're going to get is help to be perfect. Like, you may want less than that, kind of going back to the last discussion. That's why I'm rolling my eyes, because it's, <laughs> it's, it, it, I'm hearkening back to what we were talking about during the yeah. last discussion. That, But Christ, Christ is saying you may not want to be perfect, but that's all he's willing to give. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, um, at the risk of, of changing this into a study. I, and, and by the way, I have a hunch that especially our church friends at Shiloh and other Methodist churches that I've served as pastor would probably be eager for you and me. Maybe after the first of the year, this should be a study for us. We need to find some sort of study on, on John Wesley mm. and, and the Methodists. Mm-hmm. And what I would love to do especially is, is to focus on how Methodism started and what Methodism is ba- is, is based upon. And, yeah, because um, back in the colonial days, there's some really funny letters and stuff that say things about those crazy Methodists doing right. all their stuff, which is super hilarious since now we're called the Frozen Chosen. <laughs> the, the, uh, the United Methodist Church, to which I am a, uh, uh, under whom I am appointed, is at best remotely connected to John Wesley. Mm -hmm. Now, I know people who will chew me up and spit me out twice for that. But I know that within the United Methodist Church, there are people like myself who are very dedicated to the teaching of John Wesley and, and, uh, and to that extent, yeah, there's plenty of good Methodists mm-hmm. in the United Methodist Church. Mm-hmm. But as a denomination, it it really does not exemplify that. So anyway, we digressed. It's my fault. But, <laughs> but as we wind down the book study that we're on right now, I am thinking about what we're going to do next. And I think, I think in, in January it might be good to do something on Wesley. So that gives me a little time to search mm-hmm. for something. Um, yeah. So, so going back to Jack, 
he gives what Back I think is one of the most flawless examples. Because he talks about how he, he says, okay, so this might be confusing me saying like the whole, he will help us be perfect, but nothing less. And we might not like that. And the example he gives is brilliant because it's so true. He says like, it's kind of like when you're a kid and you have a toothache mm-hmm. and you could tell your mom. Because she'll probably give you some aspirin or something, immediate relief. But if you tell your mom you're visiting the dentist in the morning. Right. Yeah. And he, so he says, like, you know, I would not tell my mom and just suffer until it was really, really bad. Because, yeah, I might get immediate relief, but then I was going to have to deal with the after, too. Right. So I think that's one of the best oh, examples. That's a brilliant I've ever example. Heard. And, and, you know, the wit of, of Jack. And, and, you know, I have listened to recordings of him. And I've heard him speak, and I can tell you that um, he had that sort of typically uh, early 20th century British stoic sense of humor. He joked a lot, but you had to really be paying attention to get the joke mm-hmm. because it wasn't going to, he wasn't going to tell you where to laugh. He wasn't going to laugh with you as he was telling you the joke. He, mm-hmm. he made really funny statements, and you just had to know that you'd just heard something really hilarious, um, which I just, I appreciate that. Oh, I, yeah. You know, but, but the reason I brought up Wesley, and, and we'll move on from this, but, but the thing is, is Wesley believed in Christian perfection. It was one of the foundational uh, doctrinal things that he taught. And yet it's usually misunderstood because people think he's talking about being a perfect human being who never makes mistakes and as though that kind of perfection could be attained in this life. But what he's saying is, is that at some point it is conceivable that you could develop a perfect holiness of heart so that you have perfect love for Christ. And perfect love for Christ would be reflected in everything you did so that you would have perfect love for others. Mm -hmm. And so he just felt that we could have our spirits, our souls conform to the spirit of Christ and that that might even be possible for someone to achieve in their lifetime. And I think there's something to that. I think that that is validated by some of the people we call saints Mm -hmm. because there are some people out there who really were extraordinary. And so they had a certain Christian spiritual perfection, it would seem. And, and so I, th- I, I look at it that way, is you, you don't be afraid of what he's saying about becoming a perfected person. You know, don't be afraid of Jesus saying, I only have one thing for you and it's perfection. Mm-hmm. Because it won't be at the entire cost of, it's not like you'll lose your soul or, or uh, that's wrong choice of words. You still have free will. You still have free will. That's what I mean to say. I was so tempted to stop and edit that out because of the way that it misrepresented what I was trying to say. So please listen, my friends. I did not mean to say soul. What I'm saying is you don't lose your identity. You don't lose who you are as you understand who you are. As Christ perfects you, you actually become a more complete version Mm -hmm. of who you are. Um, And honestly, those of you who are on this walk of sanctification, who have moved in that direction enough can look back over your lives and see that you've actually become a truer form of yourself. Mm -hmm. 
So it is, it's a real thing. I, I guarantee it. So when Christ tells us to count the cost, what is he actually warning us of, according to Jack? Paragraph four. Well, I think we just answered that. That was why I was... Once he starts, he won't stop, basically. Yeah. 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 Now you 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 know as usual you you give better answers that don't need to be broken down but <laughs> but I well, like to I just, like to hit his question. No, I agree, but I was I was trying to figure out where we were going next night cuz I was thinking we already did that. So, we did. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I I like, you know. That's uh, like the It's like the Pringles slogan. Yeah. Once you pop, you just can't stop. There you go. Uh George McDonald once said that God is easy to please but hard to satisfy. Yeah. And it means that he's pleased with our feeble, stumbling efforts, but not content to leave us there. So uh, what, even if we never wanted or asked for it, is God changing us into, and what fatal mistake must we avoid? Well... We're supposed to be becoming little Christ. And so he talks about like that there's like there's practicality in it. So he says like like you just said from George MacDonald like God yes he wants you us to be perfect but he's not discouraged at our attempts to be good or our failures because he's going to pick us back up every time. And he also says like that on the other hand with this, um, that on the other hand with this, like we're being guided to absolute perfection and we're the only ones who can stop it too. Because we can we can insert our free will and push them away. Um, and if, and he says that if we don't realize that, that we are pretty likely to start resisting. So we have to acknowledge that that's what's going on or else we'll resist. Right. Um, and he says that the fatal mistake that we make is if we decide that he's done everything that we're good enough now and he's done everything that we needed him to do and now he should leave us alone right right that's the problem well yeah and it's, like it's funny i don't want to be a saint i just wanted to be a good guy this <laughs> like, is what we were talking about yeah. last episode yeah. that in the last episode we were talking about how there are so many people in church that are satisfied with the benefits of a relationship with Christ, but not willing to invest in that relationship's growth mm-hmm. and maturity. And they do know why they don't do it. They might tell you, I don't know what the problem is, but they do know. All they have to do is think about it for a second, and they realize that what they're saying is essentially what you just said, that that Jack said, which is... Ah, uh, Jesus is trying to make me into a saint, but I'd be satisfied if I was just a good person. And he says that that's false humility and that that's a mistake because we may, we're we sounding like we're humble, but it's really just cowardice. Right. B- 
because we're not willing to pay the price. Mm-hmm. And we're really aware of the fact that there are things that we fear that we will have to give up that we're not willing to give up. And, and you know, that's, that's a harsh reality, but we've got to accept it if we want to really mature in the faith. And I love that he also says that if we're submitting to Christ's attempt at perfection for us, not attempt because it's going to work, but... That it's not, he says it's okay, it's not megalomania. <laughs> it's obedience, and I think that's hilarious. Yeah. Because, and true, because there's plenty of times where we get judgy with people and we're like, gee, they think they're holier than thou, and sometimes people are holier than thou, I'm just saying. But. Well, there's a difference between being <laughs> sanctimonious, which is an offensive kind of holier than thou, and being saintly. But you'll know when you're around saintly people because they just don't. There's something about them that can't be mistaken, but they're not oppressing you with it either. Mm-hmm. It's just there, mm-hmm. you know, and and you just feel better when you're around them. That That's the kind of thing that happens with saintly people. Um, so basically, the next question is is a continuation of... So why shouldn't we be surprised that we're going to be in for a rough time? Well, yeah, it is continuation then, huh? Because we are. Yeah. We, <laughs> because, again, it, it almost feels like we could have rolled this chapter and last chapter into one, one. Be, yeah. Because they sort of say the same thing but in different ways. And and not that I would ever accuse Jack of being tedious, but but he just he's breaking it down into the point of, of look, if you're going to do this hard part of being a Christian, because the easy parts were so appealing, then accept that the hard part is going to be a rough ride. Mm-hmm. I I did think it was funny though, because he said like when you turn to Christ and things are going pretty well, you think, oh, all right, it should be smooth sailing. I got Christ. And I was laughing because I was like, actually, normally if things are going really well, I'm always like, all right, so what's going to happen now? Yeah, I think I think we all have <laughs> a certain um, uh, anxiety about, you know, trials coming when we least expect them. And yet, I think if we'll look at things from an entirely Christian perspective, we will get tempting from the devil and abuse from the devil wherever and you know temptation is is uh, uh manifests in a variety of ways some people uh only assume of te- only assume that temptation is always um the literal sort of garden of eden temptation where you're you're going to be presented with something very enticing that you're not allowed to have but there are a lot of things that entice us that we're not allowed to have that aren't like fruit on a tree. They're, they're fruits of, of revenge, for example. Mm-hmm. I, it's tempting to want revenge. It's tempting to, to try to force some sort of justice upon somebody else. Um, it's tempting to, to um, take shortcuts in your life to getting some of the things that you think are important. I mean, so there's a lot of temptation that isn't about some pretty enticing, beautiful fruit hanging from a tree. You know, it's not always a temptation toward, um, you know, literal fleshly uh, uh, indulgence. 
And that's why I think the Apostle Paul speaks of the flesh in such broad terms. Because if it appeals to the flesh, it isn't just a matter of, of you know, food and drink and flesh of, you know, interaction with other human beings, that kind of thing. It's not just about tactile things. Yeah. It's also about uh, the temptation towards certain kinds of thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the real battleground is, is in the mind, you know. Uh, Once again, that's why we call this knowing God with heart and mind, Mm -hmm. you know. Well, and he also, Jack also says, like, you know, yeah, the devil is going to throw things in our way but he also points out and god i i firmly believe god's not doing anything to make life harder for us but he says god is trying to force us to a higher level and because of that he's probably going to put us in situations where we're going to have to be more brave or more patient or more loving Mm -hmm. because he's trying to elevate us sanctify us he's increasing He's increasing the level of challenge so that we might increase our response. I so mean, we how's that any different from levels. school, right. right? I mean, you know, you you give first graders challenges that are suitable to first graders, but you give a 10th grader challenges that are suitable to a 10th grader because you're assuming that they've accumulated competency and confidence and maturity appropriate to the greater challenge. Now, why wouldn't the Lord do the same thing in your sanctification mm-hmm. process? And, uh, yeah, so, so we're not called to an easy way, but we are called to an, it will be worth it Mm -hmm. way. And so how does Jack point this out as he, again, as as he explains Christ's command to be perfect? Well, I like what he he says. It's not idealistic gas, which is a funny, (laughs) I love that idealistic gas. Because I can think of some other things people have said that definitely are idealistic gas. Amen. Um, <laughs> so he it says that that the command to be perfect is not some like it's not gas. It's not impossible, and he's he is turning us into beings that are able that will be able to obey that command because he said in the bible that we were god's lowercase um and that he's going to make good his words so um basically he's like we're we're going to achieve it because he's going to turn us into beings that are completely capable and he i like it he's just pulsating all through with such energy joy and wisdom and love as we cannot now imagine that will per a bright stainless mirror which reflects back to god perfectly so that's pretty cool it reminds me of uh the apostle paul's beatific vision you know and he talks about going to the third heaven and all Mm -hmm. that it's it reminds me of revelation where john describes the way things look mm-hmm. in heaven, you know. Very shiny. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, we have reached the end of this episode, and, you know, it's a fairly short episode. And upon reflection, I'd say we probably could have put two in one on this case. So but. just listen to these 
close together if you're not listening all the time. <laughs> well, you know what? It's okay. Um, and it's different for us, though, because we're, like, we just, you know, we you talked about it in that last episode, where it just so happens that we recorded this this episode less than 10 minutes after the first, the, the, one, right. the one before it. So for us, it does feel like a continued conversation. It may sound different for you as listeners. So, and you know, you can tell us about that. <laughs> he dovetailed smoothly. <laughs> no, again, I, I have heard from people who were kind in their praise for the benefits they receive of this podcast. And for that, we are honored and grateful. But I've also heard them say, I don't know what to say. Yeah. I don't know what kind of comment to make. And I'm thinking, all right. Fair enough. You know, I shouldn't push you. I shouldn't put pressure on you. There is no reason for you to feel that you have to respond in that way. But I am asking you, and to a certain extent, applying pressure in one way. I would really love to know that you're listening. And um, that's because the, the statistics that we receive with the podcasting software tell us things that we don't necessarily know how to prove or disprove. Mm -hmm. And it isn't that the statistics lie. It's that in the world of the internet, there are all kinds of, of uh, ways that computers can give you false information. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just looking at our statistics right now. It looks like we now have, as of today, October the 18th, 2019, 12 listeners from the United Kingdom. Whoop, whoop. Which is great. God bless you. Hello, friends. We have four listeners from Canada, and we have at least two listeners in South Africa and one listener in Australia. That's pretty awesome. Which we're delighted about, and yet we don't really have any way to prove that. Um, I'm a big fan of all those places, though. I mean, we are, and, and the one thing we can say for certain is, is they are all places where English is spoken, so it's reasonable to assume that... You are people who speak English, and that's why this podcast has appealed to you. Was that a Spain, though? It kind of looked like a Spain was lit up, too. España. Let's see. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, we had, uh, we had one visitor from Spain. And so, yeah, that's pretty cool. And then looking at our U.S. statistics. I dabble in Espanol, but not España Espanol. So. There you go. Yeah, we don't speak the mother tongue. We, no. we speak the I speak version that is common around here. Yep. Uh, according to our statistics, we have new uh, listeners from New York State. Right on. We have listeners from Texas. We have listeners in Pennsylvania. We have Whoop. listeners in California. That's sweet. We also have listeners in Tennessee, and uh, uh, it looks like Tennessee and uh, Michigan, Louisiana. We got a little bit of flavor from all over. You know, so we, we have people from around the country. And, and so here's the thing. This is the reason we're bringing it up, is we would love to verify that. Uh, just for the sheer joy of knowing that we've made friends with people from further, further away than Jasper, mm -hmm. Indiana. And we do consider you our friends. We consider you brothers and sisters in Christ, really. And we're glad that we have a language in common that can be translated or transmitted to you even far away. So if you've been blessed by this, thank you uh, for listening. And especially thank you in advance for contacting us. If only to say, hi, we're listening and we are in 
and if it happens to be in Great Britain, great. Tell us where in Great Britain. Mm-hmm. We'd, we'd love to know, you know, uh, about where you live. If you live in a certain province or city or, uh, or perhaps you live in Scotland or Wales or Ireland or someplace like that, you know, we'd love to, to uh, hear from you just to, to give us some indication of that. Same thing with South Africa and Australia. Tell us where you are. That would be such a blessing. In New York, tell us where you are. We'd love to know what part of New York you live in. That's a beautiful state. And uh, for a lot of people outside of that region, they only think of New York City. But there's a huge, beautiful state just to the west of New York City. (laughs) (laughs) And some people seem to forget that, I know. Uh, Just like some people forget there's a huge, beautiful state just south of Chicago, (laughs) you know. And uh, and on and on it goes. A so, couple. Well, thanks for listening, folks. L- get in touch with us. You know, easiest way to do it. And of course, you could, most of your uh, podcasting, uh, podcast listening programs like iTunes, for example, give you a place to leave comments. Mm-hmm. Leave a comment. You know, just leave us a comment that says listening from, and then you can say Honolulu, Hawaii, you mm-hmm. know, or whatever. And uh, if you want to do more than that, then write us at, uh, just go to shilohum.org, shilohum, that's S-H-I-L-O-H-U-M.org, and uh, you can get the app on uh, in your app store or Google Play store, just go to Shiloh Jasper, and uh, you can visit us on Facebook at the Knowing God with Heart and Mind Facebook group. But uh, we're going we're gonna to say goodbye for now, and God bless you. <laughs>